Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here. As we go about the business of talking about soccer, hopefully we get back to some of the games today. Yesterday was FIFA, 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 and more FIFA. Today we have to do a little FIFA because there's been some developments since everything kind of came tumbling out yesterday in Zurich. But there are also games to discuss. We had a Europa League final. We had MLS matches. We had U.S. Open Cup. And go on with your bad self, United Soccer League. So we have that to talk about. We're going to open the phone lines later in the show. Speaking of the Open Cup, Jeff Crandall will join us in a couple of minutes to kind of go over what happened in the third round. Talk about that USL dominance of NASL sides. USL went 7-0 and against NASL sides last night. Two NASL sides are still alive. I believe that's the Cosmos and the Silverbacks. But everybody else whipped, not whipped, defeated by USL teams. Maybe that changes the complexion of the tournament. I mean, of course it does, but I mean, for you personally, are you interested in a tournament that's going to pit a lot of USL teams with some MLS influence against MLS teams in the fourth round. Maybe that's not a thing you're interested in. We do have one amateur side still alive. We'll talk to Jeff about all of that. Let's go ahead and hit those headlines. I'm going to go with the games. Then we will get to the FIFA stuff. Sevilla, back-to-back Europa League champions, defeated Dinapro 3-2 in Warsaw. Watch some of that game. It was brilliant. It was wide open. It was fun to watch. Had some great goals. Um, ultimately, Sevilla ends up getting a gift from Dina Pro that allows for the uh, for the difference in the title. I mean, sorry, in the match. But good on Sevilla for winning yet another Europa League, and I believe that's five trophies in the last decade or something like that for Sevilla. That's pretty impressive for a club that you don't think of as. One of the heavy hitters in Spain. Certainly they're a, a step below what Barcelona and Real Madrid do. Step below maybe Atletico Madrid. And here they are. And now they get into the Champions League. This get, this gets them a berth in next year's Champions League. So good on you, Sevilla. In MLS action last night, three 1-0 wins for three home sides. Seattle beats the Rapids 1-0. On a great goal by Marco Papa, who did it with his right foot. Did you know that Marco Papa had a right foot? I don't think I even knew. I thought he was just a one-legged man. He's, he uses that left foot so much. That is his dominant foot. To see him cut back and curl a right-footed uh, shot to the back post was pretty impressive. Galaxy one nothing over RSL. They get that on a penalty. The difference there. Hamas Nalave handling the ball in the box. Just unfortunate. I mean, I guess you have to call that penalty. Janino put it in the net, but that's harsh on Thomas Nalave. He really had nothing. He didn't know what was happening there, and that ball ends up going off his hand after he's on the ground, uh, sliding to attempt to break up a Galaxy attack. And Portland beat DC United 1-0. Taylor Kemp with a terrible giveaway that allowed Portland to score. Will Johnson returned to the field for the Timbers, so that's a boost to them. Their captain back on the on the field after recovering from his uh, long injury layoff. Perhaps that's the boost that the Timbers need. And that was a t- this is a tough week for 
DC United. They were up in New England, scrape a 1-1 draw with the Revolution to fly back to play Portland. I can't remember what's next on their schedule. I, I looked it up the other day, but it's it's probably nothing fun. They're, oh, they're hosting Philadelphia. So they go from coast to coast to coast, which seems like some bad scheduling, but hey, this is MLS. You, you deal with what you deal with. I mentioned that U.S. Open Cup third round. I mentioned the USL dominating uh, NASL teams. Let me just go through a couple of those scores. You had uh, the Seattle Sounders 2 beating Portland Timbers 2. So the uh, the baby teams of uh, of those two rivals. Rochester taking out Harris, Harrisburg City Islanders. That's USL on USL action there. Here's your here's your NESL USL matchups. Richmond beat the Jacksonville Armada three nothing. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds beat the Tampa Bay Rowdies one nothing. The Charlotte Independents beat Carolina Railhawks one nothing. The Charleston Battery beat the Fort Lauderdale Strikers three two. Louisville City FC beat Indy eleven two nothing after extra time. St. Louis FC beat Minnesota United on penalties. 3-1 on penalties. Those are some terrible penalties, Minnesota United. It's happening there. The Austin Aztecs beat the San Antonio Scorpions 2-0. Am I missing any? That's it. That's your, that's your list of the NASL teams who went down to USL teams. So quite the interesting third round. Again, Jeff Crandall in just a couple of minutes to go over all of those results, talk about what this might mean. As we move into the round, which uh, delivers MLS teams into the mix, we've got our we've got our matchups. We'll look over those matchups uh, ahead of June 16th games. So we've got a couple of weeks to prepare. June 16th and 17th will be that fourth round. And now back to FIFA. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Seb Blatter has uh, held crisis meetings with the heads of various confederations this morning. As the FIFA deals with the fallout of the seven arrests that took place in Zurich as a result of the FBI investigation into corruption. 20 years of corruption as outlined by Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Visa has threatened, quote unquote, threatened to pull out as a FIFA sponsor over this. Now, I don't believe that they will uh, until they do. I, I just can't I can't believe that any sponsor is actually going to pull out of FIFA and the marketing cloud, it allows them being partnered with the organization until they are forced to, until there is such a clamor that the negative uh, public, negative publicity p- pushes them out. And I don't think it's there for Visa or Coca-Cola or Budweiser or anybody else. One of the more interesting developments, Russia has lashed out at the United States over this operation. Vladimir Putin himself has said that this was another blatant attempt by the United States to extend its jurisdiction to other states. Now, obviously, you know that the mechanism by which the FBI, the DOJ, investigated FIFA was uh, was one that allowed for um, surveillance of individuals uh, suspected of committing a crime within U.S. jurisdiction while they were outside of U.S. US jurisdiction. Go back and read the Chuck Blazer story and how he became an informant, and you'll see part of that was wearing a wire during meetings at the 2012 Olympics in London. 
Clearly, that's outside of the U.S. jurisdiction, but they did that stuff because they have whatever, whatever powers are, are granted to the Department of Justice on that front. But obviously, Russia seems like a little bit of sour grapes. They back Sepp Blatter clearly. They back uh, FIFA based on the World Cup coming to Russia in 2018. Uh, just a reminder that Sepp Blatter retains plenty of support in order to be reelected re tomorrow. We'll wait for those results. Whether or not that sticks for a very long time and Blatter serves the full four-year four term is remains to be seen. But he does have the backing of the uh, the African Federation, the Asian Confederation, and even if there are some dissenters among those groups, he's got plenty of votes. UEFA has stated that they will back Prince Ali, so we'll see how that goes. NASL has suspended uh, board chairman Aaron Davidson of Traffic Sports and uh, cut ties with Traffic Sports per an, uh, a, a release. Uh, it's going to be a little more difficult unraveling themselves from traffic than that, but we'll see how that goes. The English FA has called for Sepp Blatter to step down. Greg Dyke, obviously. England has no love for Sepp Blatter. And Michelle Platini has said he has asked Blatter face-to-face -to, -face to resign, to which Blatter responded, I can't quit now. The Congress is starting. So, blah. And in some better news, FIFA 16 by EA Sports will include 12 women's national teams. That is about time. That that happened. Let's take a break. When we come back, Jeff Crandall will join us to talk U.S. Open Cup. Third round, fourth round. Be right back. If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all of the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. FuboTV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With FuboTV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, FuboTV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to FuboTV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to FuboTV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at FuboTV slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. <clears throat> Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. There we go, back on Soccer Morning. Taking a break from Soccer Apocalypse, FIFA shenanigans to talk actual soccer. The 2015 U.S. Open Cup Tournament has completed the third round. We're looking ahead to the fourth round with Jeff Crandall. You can find him on Twitter at Jefe Crandall, J-E-F-E -E Crandall, and uh, the the Twitter account, which you just told me is already out of my head, Jeff. I apologize. Uh, no problem. It's at Open Cup. There you go. At Open Cup. Make hey. sure you're following uh, that handle for all of your Open Cup updates. Uh, Jeff, that was a pretty crazy third round. Yeah. Um, well, I just I gotta say, you know, as as our soccer world blew up yesterday, maybe it was a little nice to uh, by the time we got to the evening and uh, you know get get to something that feels a little bit nicer and 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 
you know, watch some Open Cup matches. And certainly it was an interesting night, not necessarily for the amateur teams. Only one amateur team is left in the tournament after a PFA Elite beat Venture County Fusion. But uh, USL, um, I would be shocked if, if, if the folks down in Tampa weren't uh, celebrating a little bit last night with some champagne or cigars going uh, 6-0-1 against NASL second division teams. Um, so that's the big storyline coming out of last night. Um, a, a little surprising to see it, see such a clean sweep, but, um, but USL did very well for themselves yesterday. Now, clearly for NASL fans and for those individual teams and, and for the league itself, first of all, yesterday was a bad day for them beyond soccer. I mean, beyond uh, action on the field, beyond competitive elements, it was bad because of, what happened with the FIFA stuff and how they got tied into it. But for them, they, they, have, they have long, and, and for the, since the league was created, sort of targeted this tournament as an opportunity to prove themselves against MLS teams, et cetera, et cetera. And, Jeff, I'm one of those people who says, this is probably more of an outlier than anything else. I mean, it just happened to go this way. I'm not saying it's a, it's a flip of the coin, but it is clearly not something you would expect to happen very often. And and I don't think it necessarily says anything about the quality of all of those NASL teams. I, I agree with you. I mean, I was watching, you know, it's hard to watch eight games when they're all going on at once, but I was watching three or four of them at the same time last night. Um, you know, NASL teams had leads in those games too. Fort Lauderdale was up on Charleston for a long while and Charleston kind of hit them back with two quick goals toward the end. Um, Minnesota was up on St. Louis. I think there's probably one other one. But, um, you know, NASL teams and USL teams, or, you know, even before NASL, Division Three was beating Division Two. Uh, even PDL teams were beating Division Two. So, you know, that's that's the magic of this tournament. That's why we like it. Uh, still a little surprised to see such a sweep. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's also important to, you know, make sure people know that two NASL teams are still in it. Uh, New York Cosmos did their did a job very well last night against Jersey Express in Atlanta. Um, squeaked by Chattanooga in extra time. So two NASL teams left, uh, 12 USL teams left, 17 MLS teams joined the fold, and we still have the one amateur team from USASA. But, Jason, last stat I'll give you, uh, since NASL began competing in the competition in 2012, USL now holds an 8-3-1. and one advantage uh over the second division so um a lot of those games came last night but uh interesting that nonetheless as we move forward into next year uh when the, these games will take place again yeah you know I'm, I'm totally fine with nasl fans minimizing this as a fluke and i'm totally fine with uh, usl fans trumpeting this as a a major success for them um let's uh you, you mentioned the the last amateur side that's psa elite uh the, one of the other amateur sides left chula vista fell Pretty hard to Sacramento. Seven, seven to three was the final score in that match in San Francisco. I'm sorry, in uh, Sacramento. So, you know, with this one amateur side, this is immediately everybody Cinderella. We should all be pulling for PSA Elite, right? Um, yeah, I mean, hey, it's good for the tournament, right? But, um, I, yeah, of course. I, I, I really like the amateur storyline. Um, you know, the reason, a little unfair. To the other amateur teams in a way um, it's just the way the, the tournament works but you know you had five amateur teams left last night uh, across the PDL and PSL and USA and um, you know uh, PSA Elite got to play another amateur team in Ventura mm-hmm. County yeah. so one of them had to advance they also because they're uh, the last yeah. standing amateur club in the tournament 
win the $15,000 cash prize for the second year in a row. They, they went to the fourth round last year as well. So they, they've been here before. Um, I don't know how many other players were on the team last year, but I think there's a decent carryover. Uh, unfortunately for them, they have to go up against the LA Galaxy at home uh, <laughs> next month. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Bruce Arena handles this game. He doesn't have to fly cross-country to Carolina like he has in the past. Uh, and he, he's got an opponent that he should he'll probably feel pretty good about facing at home. Uh, but, you know, the magic of this of this tournament is, is the upsets. And, uh, we've seen MLS teams taking amateur sides lightly. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's the perfect David versus Goliath storyline going into the fourth round. Uh, we just have to see how Bruce treats it and uh, – Move on from there. I do. I do like that uh, that we have an amateur side left, and as you said, they've been here before. But I like that we have an amateur side left that does that does have a name that sounds like you know it. It sounds like a a youth soccer club. I mean, these are adults playing soccer, Jeff. But PSA yeah. Elite that sounds like every other club in this country. So they definitely fit in the in the American thing there. Um, you, you know, again, let, let's just before I move on to the fourth round and look at some of these matchups, as you mentioned. Uh, PSA Elite moving on to face the Galaxy, which is a, a rough go, and, and with the MLS teams entering, you know, let's just give me uh, some thoughts on on amateur sides in this tournament in general. I know Chula Vista was running a campaign to raise some money. I know U.S. Soccer reimburses for travel costs for for clubs who can't afford maybe to to get where they need to go. We have the regionalization uh, in order to help cut down on those costs, and we have Siggy Schmidt saying, "Hey, maybe make it random to add some flavor to this." <laughs> Where do you fall on all of that stuff? Um, you know, I, I've been on the amateur side um, when I worked for the Michigan Bucks, uh, I guess like seven or eight years ago. Um, and I, I kind of see both ways, especially what Siggy is saying. Um, just to do a completely random draw, I, I understand down the road, you know, especially up in Cascadia where there's probably less lower division teams to, to make a regional uh, thing work as well as it does out on the East Coast and, and here in the Midwest. Um, uh, you know, but the amateur, the, the cost for amateur teams can be very great if they if they uh, advance as far as a team like Chula Vista or PFA Elite have and have to travel uh, multiple times out of their sort of area. Uh, Chula Vista had to go to Arizona twice in two weeks and then go up to Sacramento last night. So that. You know, they're, they're U23 club um, that's there to help develop players. And I think they're a not-for-profit club, too. So mm-hmm. um, U.S. soccer does reimburse on travel expenses, but the expenses add up. And uh, I just don't know, while Siggy's, while Siggy's idea and thoughts are, are certainly well-received, I don't think it's crazy at all. I, I just think that it's not it's probably not the time yet for for amateur teams to uh, begin having to travel across, you know, a Chula Vista to New York or whatever, if that were to happen. That Now, that said, I do remember two years ago, thinking not being happy about having to travel to Tampa Bay. So um, <laughs> Can't have it both ways. That, that is interesting. But as someone that he's won the Open Cup a number of times, mm-hmm. um, you know, his thoughts on the tournament are certainly welcome. And I think, you know, that's why the Open Cup committee, meets every year and, and discusses things of this nature to try and improve the tournament as, as years go on. So is it, is it going to happen next year? I doubt it. Could it happen 
down the road. It's it's an interesting thought and and one worth discussing. But right now, the the financials probably don't make sense. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult thing. Lots of people who love who love this tournament or love the idea of this tournament want to improve it. Um, Siggy happens to have a platform for doing that, and he said some he said some things. I, I'm I'm with you, Jeff. I think it. Right now, it's difficult. And when 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 Siggy compares this tournament to the FA Cup, which love people love to do, what's missing in the context of that is you know if amateur side from Manchester has to go to London, they take a train down, they play the game, they take the train back. We're talking about you know flying out twenty guys, putting them up in hotels, flying them back. I mean that 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 that, that, that money racks up very quickly. It does. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. I mean, I, that, it's not one of those things, it's not like pro, promotion relegation where you're like, oh, just shelf it and never think about it because it's never going to happen. It's, it's, uh, it's something to, it's something to think about. And if you can find ways to tweak the tournament, um, so there's a little bit more randomness outside of just this regional aspect, then it's totally worth it. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. But yeah, I mean, the U.S. is how many, how many times bigger is the U.S. than England? Yep. And, and that's your answer. Yeah. It's, so, it's just crazy. Um, and you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't change the tournament so that only teams who can afford to travel are involved, because then you're ruined. You're, you're killing the Open Cup element of it. I certainly want to be able to have these amateur sides and have a Cinderella run like this. Hopefully, PSA Elite can uh, can do something against the Galaxy if you are rooting for a Cinderella. And so let's look ahead to the fourth round, because again. Uh, MLS teams are now in the tournament, and that that's when a lot of eyeballs start to come uh, to the Open Cup. Jeff, where is where's the 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 matchups that are most? I mean, they're all intriguing in their own ways, but where are the matchups for you that are like, okay, that one? I'm really interested to see what happens there. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, now this isn't like uh, the straight up MLS matchup, and why Siggy's probably talking about. Um, changing up the tournament is Timber Saunders. And the sole reason that happened is because of the regional aspect. Two MLS teams had to face each other in this round, and, and they both had their USL teams in it still. So they couldn't be met, paired up against the USL teams. This one made the most sense geographically um, for that 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 MLS matchup in the fourth round. So obviously eyeballs will be there Um the other games I'm looking forward to, NYCFC versus the Cosmos, New York City FC's first Open Cup game against uh, the Cosmos. Mm-hmm. They did pretty good work last night, and the Cosmos are hosting that that uh, New York derby, if we're calling it that. Uh, sorry if I offended anyone for that. <laughs> um, PSA Elite Galaxy, of course, will will have the eyeballs. And another one uh, I'm really looking forward to now, having watched Sacramento, yeah. Two weeks in a row yeah. is uh, this game at San Jose. Sacramento is a very good offensive team. They have the uh, leading scorer in the tournament, and Tommy Stewart. He has four goals in two matches. Um, I I'm interested to see what kind of lineup San Jose puts out for this game because if they this is one if they don't put out a good number of starters, they could they it could go the wrong way for them and. Um, now that said, Sacramento defensively hasn't been that good either. They've given up five goals in two games, and Parky wasn't pleased about it last night. So, um, you know, this one could be a goal fest. It could be interesting. I think it'll be tight either way. And then from a local angle, I was really hoping, since I, you know, had worked for the Fire and Indy 11 recently, yeah. that that dream matchup could have happened. But Indy yeah. fell an extra time last night to Louisville. So, um, I'm looking forward to that one from a personal level. I'll be going to my first Open Cup game in person uh, when the Fire hosts Louisville on June 16th. So those, I think those are five that I'm intrigued by. Um, 
and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you got you got some good stuff here. I mean, I, I I'm looking at uh, Colorado Springs and and the Rapids. That should be that should be fun. You have Seattle Sounders too against Real Salt Lake. So you kind of have. You know the the reserve team of of a team with a rivalry with an MLS team is involved there. Yep. Uh, see, uh, DC United and the and the Riverhounds. That's uh, that's interesting considering what the Riverhounds did to Tampa. Um, uh, and there was another one uh, that I that I'm missing here. But anyway, uh, yeah. So because the NASL teams, so many of those NASL teams are not out of the tournament, we missed out on a couple of those things. One, the the Peter Will game, which what you just identified could have been Indy Eleven in Chicago, and we're missing out on the Thomas Rongan Derby between DC United and Tampa Bay. But these these matchups yep. are intriguing in their in their own right. And then the the NoCal uh, the battle for NoCal as you as you or NorCal as you looked. Uh, as you mentioned there, um, this there's a lot of new teams in this tournament this year, Jeff. And uh, I don't just mean like uh, you know amateur sides who are making it for the first time. I mean new pro sides. There's obviously the the partnership with USL has caused that league uh, MLS partnership with USL has caused that league to explode. How do you think that's that's impacted the tournament overall? And is it does it make it more interesting, less interesting? Uh, some people wonder about whether or not this is going to just take on the the aspects with all those NASL team or uh, USL teams winning as sort of just a you know MLS playing against MLS in, in, for lack of a better description. Um, I, you know that's a fair point uh, in a way, but uh, you know a, a lot of these teams are. I think there's only one team playing against uh, a, a USL affiliate, and that's San Jose Sacramento. But um, I, I think the the biggest change that has occurred with all these USL teams coming in this year is I think the the difference between the third division and what we would see from teams in the PDL, uh, NPSL, USASA is a little bit greater now because there's more jobs in professional soccer for players. And those guys that were playing on in those fourth division sides, making a run in the open cup are finding their way onto rosters uh, in USL and, and even in NASL at some point. So, um, you know, you're, you're maybe having less PSA elite type teams making it to even a third round. I think we, we probably would have seen more if, if USL, uh, we would have seen more this year if USL hadn't expanded so greatly. Um, so th- it takes away that aspect a little bit. That said, I mean, um, it also provides maybe for the potential for more upsets of MLS teams. I think there are a number of USL sides uh, that are going into this fourth round that are, are capable of, of pulling an upset over an MLS team. One one that I left out that I was really impressed by last night as well was uh, the Richmond Kickers who just mm-hmm. completely handled Jacksonville. And they'll host Columbus. I think they're, they're hosting their third game in a row. Um, so... Um, I, you know, the potential there, we love the story of an amateur team ups in an MLS team. It's happened very few times over the course of the tournament. We remember those teams really well because it happened, but the big upsets, uh, or the, the more common upsets in this tournament are, are when division three and division two, uh, take down an MLS side. I think there's a lot of potential for that next month. So, um, has it changed a little bit? You know, USL has this affiliation with MLS, um, the conspiracy theorists can can say what they want, but I, I think more USL teams is, is maybe uh, giving an opportunity for more MLS teams to be knocked off. Yeah, certainly there is that uh, that element to it now. The fourth round happens June sixteenth, June seventeenth, so 
uh, about three weeks away from that, or a little bit more, a little, a little less than three weeks away from that, I suppose. Um, there is a question on Twitter here from Henry, and, and I'm just kind of tracking the news. I hadn't seen this. I guess Carolina was able to recall Brian Silvestri from his loan with the Union, so he could play in the Open Cup. Is that was that something? You know, I, I don't know. The, the the implication here is why was he allowed to play while still on loan? But I guess maybe they canceled the loan. How does this stuff work? I mean, the Railhawks need bodies, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it would be down, as far as I know, it would be down to um, whatever deal Philadelphia worked out with Carolina in, in terms of that load. And I would imagine, since they were able to recall him, that if they were in a hardship needing him back, that it was that was written into the loan agreement. So um, Brian Silvestri, uh, with Carolina going out, is now still captive to Carolina and cannot appear for the Philadelphia Union. Um, if if his loan were to continue to June 16th when they play the uh, Rochester Rhinos, um, sort of an interesting one. You know, we 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 saw it on a bigger scale a few, uh, last month when Christian Nick uh, transferred to uh, Montreal from Indy 11 for that Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, uh, that was that was a very interesting piece of news when uh, we saw him return and. Unfortunately for Carolina, their run ended last night to Charlotte, so his uh, Open Cup is done. Uh, Jeff, uh, this this particular tournament, as we look, as we all root for the U.S. Open Cup to grow in in uh, relevance, in importance, this tournament to this point, I mean, we're not again, we're not to the MLS portion of the tournament yet, and clearly, MLS teams are the biggest draws. In terms of, of interest and eyeballs, some of them take it more seriously than others, but in this, but, but so far, I mean. Uh, I don't know that. Can you can you give me an, a, an analysis or an opinion on on how this has gone? How much how much video was available to fans? How many people have actually been taking part in the U.S. Open Cup actively, both social media wise with the uh, with the Open Cup account, and then you know whatever else is available to them in terms of uh, uh, this tournament and again growing it. Yeah, um, it's a great question. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact number from the first three rounds in terms of streams, but I think we had 11 last night, um, 11 out of 15, which is a pretty good percentage. We had 10 out of 21 for the first round, and I think we had about 9 out of 21 for the second round. So that's that's 31 out of uh, – my math is going to be off here, but that's, that's about 30 streams in the first three rounds. Um, you know, we've U.S. Soccer has done a great job to promote the tournament this year, uh, as has uh, the Cup.us continuing to do their job. Um, and and so I think it's it's added socially when you have more games on, um, whether it's on TV or, or on video stream, um, more people are going to be talking about it as they're watching the game. So the numbers are very good in terms of social numbers, in terms of viewership. Um, uh, you know, I think I saw. 3,000 people watching in the middle of the day for Sounders 2 versus Portland 2 uh, yesterday. Um, that was all good. Um, the other important aspect for me, as I've come on and helped U.S. Soccer's coverage, and, and they've really been receptive to, is trying to make the draw a bigger deal. So last week for the fourth round draw, I think it was the first time in the tournament's history where we actually had a sort of live element um, unveiling the pairings. Generally, it's just a press release in the afternoon. Um, in this case, you know, teams didn't even have a heads up going into the draw who they who they would be played against uh, or who they who they'd be pitted against. And, um, we'd worked out a deal with 120 Sports to show 
you know, the pairings unveiled and a little bit of the draw. The draw still doesn't lend itself well to TV. Um, but that was a really big moment uh, for the tournament, I thought. You know, I, I think a huge part of knockout competitions is just that anticipation of who am I going to play next and am I hosting or am I not? And um, that got a lot of people talking too. So that was a big step for the tournament. Um, things are things are looking up and, um, you know, I think there's more to come as we get into the fourth round with uh, MLS teams entering. Well, I know you've uh, signed on, you know, to 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 uh, cover this tournament, to support this tournament this year. But is there any notion of of a longer view to you know to? It doesn't. Have, I don't. I'm not talking about big things. I mean, people always say let's uh, let's put this uh, this on television. People need to see it. And I say, well, you have to have a television partner willing to do that. It has to be a give and take. What other elements, what other things can U.S. soccer do, can the community do, can MLS teams do, who certainly have more resources, to uh, to, to bolster the tournament's profile? Um, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the million-dollar question. Um, you know, I, it's, it's an easy answer to just say, get more games on TV. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say, I, I think that's, that's a desire. Um, but I, I think... What what I'm seeing from it is, it's a you know it's a it's about longer longer term growth and about taking some smaller steps before you take the big ones. So, um, you know I can't speak to the the big plans of where the tournament's going. I can say that um, U.S. Soccer is putting a lot of effort and time into making this a a bigger thing, and I'm I'm really impressed with it now, you know, working sort of hand in hand with them on it. Um, and, and we'll see where it goes. But I, I mean, I think this year has been a good step in the tournament. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's, you know, a good first step and, and, and bigger ones are, are to come, but, you know, unfortunately I can't speak to, <laughs> I can't, I can't speak to bigger plans because I'm not, right. I'm not the one making yeah. them. I'm just, I'm just kind of helping out. So, um, you know, for me, I want to see every game on TV, whether that's, you know, ESP and the Ocho or whatever, but um, I think I think it's headed in the right direction. And um, you know, socially, I feel good about the numbers. The video streams have been very good, and um, hopefully, we'll take the next step soon. All right, here's here's my pitch, Jeff, and I want you to take this to to the people at Soccer House, and you tell them that I came up with this idea. I just want credit. I don't want money. U.S. Soccer Channel, run by U.S. Soccer on my cable system. Can we do that? <laughs> That's a, that's a great idea. I, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, do, you, do you have financial backers? Uh, let me oh, let me check. Uh, nope, nobody's signing up right now. Uh, you know, that's one of those things. Um, you know, I'm I'm kidding, of course, but hopefully we do have some people that want to invest in soccer and uh, and, and we'll put some money up to uh, help grow the U.S. Open Cup. But you know what? For the time being, it's a great tournament, and you can see it on your interwebs most of the time. We are moving into the fourth round where the MLS teams jump in, and I'm sure we'll have Jeff Grandel. Back on the show to talk about that. He is Hefe Crandall on Twitter. It is Open Cup on Twitter. You should be following both of those. Jeff, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines. We'll talk to you, whether it's about Open Cup, MLS last night, FIFA Apocalypse. What else? UEFA, Europa, blah, blah, blah. Be right back.
If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to Fubo TV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Here we go, Soccer Morning. Phone lines open. 646-832-3909. Maybe you haven't gotten the FIFA stuff out of your system. As I said, there's a couple of things that have happened in the last 24 hours that I've mentioned that are worth mentioning. Visa threatening to pull out. Now, we've got you know, a decent point here on Twitter. I'm not sure I could agree completely with this point. But essentially, this says Visa's a bank, or they work in, they, they obviously are a financial institution of some kind. And for them to be connected to wire fraud and the like, this is from Expect Delay on Twitter. Visa is different from other sponsors, it is a U.S. bank. Being linked to money laundering in the U.S. would be very bad for them. This is true. This is true, but I think they aren't are unlikely to move until there's some sort of notion that they're involved. I don't think they're. That's the thing. Visa hasn't been connected directly. Now, if their if their systems are being used, okay, may, maybe that's a reason for them to back out. But you know, they're gonna have to be pushed. That's all I'm saying. They're gonna have to be pushed. Coca Cola's gonna have to be pushed. Budweiser's gonna have to be pushed. Who am I missing? Gazprom, nobody thinks they're going anywhere. Nobody thinks that they're going to just willingly step aside. This gives them, this gives those FIFA partners access to an insane worldwide audience every four years. They can't get that anywhere else. It's why it's unlikely that they're going to just willingly step aside because they're doing the right thing. Think about corporate America or corporations in general, multinationals, and some of the things we heard and some of the things that happen and what those CEOs make and consider whether or not they're likely to just say, hey, corruption is bad. We're going to step aside. No. No, clearly. They're not doing that. The Russia thing. Man, Vladimir, just stop. Come on, just stop. No, Who are you kidding? With this whole U.S. has overstepped their bounds. Please. Please. You sent troops to Ukraine. You essentially are occupying portions of another country. And you want to sit there and throw bombs at the United States because they went after corruption? Please. That's insane. 
I mean, we know Vladimir Putin's insane, but come on. What do I expect, right? What do I expect from Vladimir Putin? Nothing. Nothing. And now my Twitter timeline is blowing up with comments from Michelle Platini, who's saying things like, UEFA is going to back Prince Ali bin al-Hussein. Great. UEFA is going to have a meeting if Blatter wins. Great. UEFA might even consider pulling out of FIFA if Blatter wins. Great. That's great. Fantastic. Here's the thing. Michelle Platini, not that much better than Seth Blatter when you get down to it. This is a guy who backed the Qatari World Cup bid in part because money was flowing into France at the time from the Qataris. His kid works for the Qataris. Nicolas Sarkozy, president of France at the time of the World Cup bidding, had dinner with Mr. Platini and said, hey, guess what? Yeah, they're investing in, in France. They're, they're bringing us a lot of money. Can you, can you back that bid and vote for them and maybe pull some other votes for That's where Michel Platini falls just on that one issue, just on the World Cup voting. Who knows what else is going on? And I don't have all the information. Zach and, and Dub V, what's up? Hey, man, what's up? Uh, it's, it's awfully noisy where you are. Where are you? It's noisy where I'm at? Yes. What, what's on your mind, Zach? Go ahead. All right, man. Well, uh, I just want to talk about the Seth Blatter situation. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, fucker right in the pussy. What just happened? Uh, we, did, we had an idiot calls from West Virginia. The, West Virginia, this is why you have a bad reputation, right? This this is why this is why West Virginia has a that guy. It was a good one, Zach. Try just a little harder. Maybe try just a little harder. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. Is World War Three going to start uh, start because the United States went after FIFA corruption and? Vladimir Putin is saying that the United States overstepped. No, of course not. But, uh, yeah, the rhetoric is hilarious. From an American perspective, sitting here, one of the most um, troubling elements of this is, of course, the NASL connections through Aaron Davidson. And you could argue Aaron Davidson acting on his own individual. But, hey, traffic as a company is pulled directly into this. They They may not be long for this world as a as a concern. And I'm not saying that the NSL, NASL is going to collapse because of that. More than likely not. The NASL will be fine. Because they have some well-run clubs. They have some new investment. Probably going to be okay. But it's still, again, troubling to have NASL connected to this. There is the issue of the Railhawks, owned and run by traffic sports. There is the issue of... NASL interests, investment coming from traffic. I don't know how else to say this. I'm not a, a, a my my understanding of of all these things is fairly fairly limited. But A and B stock shares and something traffic is still there as part of NASL. So that's certainly worth watching. We can talk about the 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 more the, the better news, the good news. That the FIFA 16 game from EA Sports 
2016 will include 12 women's national teams. So you can play as the United States, Canada, I imagine, Japan, Germany, Brazil. Quite a list of, of excellent players. Now, my understanding is you can't play men versus women. So you're going to have to play a self-contained Women's World Cup with 12 teams, I guess. A mini world Women's World Cup now. But this is a long time coming. This should have happened a long time ago. There really was no reason for it not to. Unless it's just, you, you imagine the game is too too big. Well, you probably drop, I don't know, what, the Albanian First Division? Would anybody miss that? I'm not saying there is one in the game. I'm using that as an example. But you could drop a lesser league that nobody plays at the very least. There's plenty of room here. Should have happened. So I'm going to go read some of that after we're done here. Also, after we're done here, I'm going to go on Huff, uh, Huffington Post Live at what time, Trevor? 1040. Something like that. So partake in that as we talk about FIFA some more over there. 646-832-3909. Just burned up on FIFA late yesterday, and now you got nothing. How many of you went out to U.S. Open Cup matches or watched U.S. Open Cup matches yesterday? Love to hear from you. We do have the MLS stuff. Let's certainly review that a little bit. Again, three one nothing score lines. Portland beating DC United. Seattle beating Colorado. And what am I missing? I'm <laughs> missing one. Let me pull that up in front of me. LA Galaxy beating RSL one nothing. There you go. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. Jump in on a Thursday. I, I think we've all, I think we've all, I think we've all, again, I think we've all burned ourselves out on yesterday's stuff. I think, I think FIFA has made us tired. How many of you have thought to yourself that soccer is less fun because all of all this stuff happening? That's what I, I that's where I want to, that's what I wonder is, does FIFA push people away from the game? I did a I did a quick radio thing yesterday, phone call. And I was, you know, I sort of outlined how we we love this game in spite of FIFA. We sort of we sort of have to compartmentalize everything, all the bad stuff. But the problem is that all of it trickles down. So when you have corruption at the top at at FIFA, it's not un, it's not that much of a logical leap to go, well, wait a second, what about our referees? Are they corrupt? We know match fixing is a problem. That's outside of FIFA's we got not only do we have the people running the game corrupt uh, being corrupt and, and and threatening the integrity. We have the people, we have people on the outside trying to influence the game. That's where we are right now with soccer. And I think it's extremely easy to just be depressed about the state of things. And to feel as though the game is crap. So much, it was so much better 30 years ago. Bill in New York, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Jason? I want to uh, completely change the subject and get back to uh, some games that are being played this weekend. Sure, go for it. And uh, I know we always make fun of Scotland football, but there's uh, two big games coming up tonight and Sunday. Rangers are trying to get back into the first division. Okay. And if they win this this uh, home and away, 
they're back in the first division. Wait, wait, and wait. We'll have an old firm match again. Ba- back to the back to the Scottish Premier League or whatever it's called now. Yep. Wow. I, you know, I, I yeah. The thing, it was. It feels the, like it feels like a, yesterday, Bill. That it feels like yesterday that that Rangers was dissolved and had to be reconstituted and was playing in what the fourth division. Yes. Feels yeah, like and they kept moving up every year, and now they're in the second division. And their promotion relegation, it's a little crazy the way they do it. It's great. I like the way they do it. But they had to win. They came in third place. They had to beat the fourth-place team. Then they had to beat the second-place team. And now they're playing the 11th-place team in the first division. If they beat them, they're back up in the first division. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. best of luck for, for Rangers fans. Uh, that's obviously that's obviously good. And look, Scottish football's better when Rangers are are there. I it just with everything that happened to that club, and all of the the malfeasance and 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 everything that you know to have to have them fall apart that way just makes you wary about the future of Scottish football in general. Oh, uh, it's it's a mess, yeah. you know. And, and I'm a Celtic fan. I'm not a Rangers fan, and uh, it's against everything I believe in to root for them. But I know the league is much better. If they right. And, and, and come on, you miss those old firm matches. You know you do. They are the best games. Yep. All right, Bill. No appreciate doubt about the, that. Appreciate the phone call. So there's our Scottish football update from our friend Bill in uh, in New York. I, I guess we were we needed that. I guess we did. I'm not sure that that Rangers is like a feel good thing. Even the new even new Rangers, whatever the you know whatever the actual name of the company is. Eddie in Brooklyn, what's going on? Hey, man, uh, good looks to Bill on that. I actually didn't know about that. I might give that a, a little bit of a look. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you don't have uh, you don't have to track uh, Scottish games with your job. Well, I mean, not really. <laughs> I don't think anybody should in general. But you know, that one, I might actually pay attention to. All right. What's on your mind, Eddie? Um, all right. So let me let me preface let me preface my rant, and that has been a little bit of a while since I called anybody out. But I'm gonna call somebody out now. Um, so let me let me preface this by saying that you guys did this to yourself and by you guys I mean City fans. Okay. Like very obnoxious City fans who before the season started only wanted to talk about how they were going to be transcendent, how they were going to change MLS, the ratings, the style of football, Jason Christ, they just would not shut up. <laughs> and now and now that they only have one win in how many games, they kind of need to start shutting up. All but right. All right. What they're starting to do now is use the expansion excuse, which is a bit hypocritical because you can't tell me that you're going to be the transcendent expansion franchise for months on end and be annoying on Twitter and not know a damn thing about what you're talking about. And now when it's not going well, try to say like, well, we're an expansion franchise. What did you expect? No, you don't get to play that excuse. So every city fan that's doing that, you need to eat it. (laughs) <laughs> Straight up, you need to eat this because this is what you asked for. This is what you get. All right, all right. You know, I imagine some of them probably weren't on the "We're going to be transcendent train" or now saying we're an expansion team. But uh, you know, I, I guess you know, paint with some broad brushes, Eddie. It's cool. No, it's not. It's really not broad. It, it's very, it's very, very pointed. Like this is this this is what they were for months on end. I mean, I got into fights with several people, several debates with people about. What, what their reality was going to be because, you know, it's not easy in MLS. And, you know, you look at the Rebels, you have not an expansion franchise, but the Rebels lost the coach, lost two DPs. They went through their own little, uh, I guess, transition and look at them. They're actually playing attractive football and actually doing well in the standing. 
So the expansion excuse for City, that also doesn't make sense because it's not like the Rebels had enough time to have a core, but, you know, there's still a lot of players that they got to gel, a new system they got to take on. Mm-hmm. So they got their own transition to worry through, and they're still going through it. City fans didn't see this coming because they don't know anything about MLS. Sure. They don't know how hard it is in MLS to compete on a week-in, week-out basis. Okay. But all they wanted to do was talk, 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 and now they want to use the expansion excuse, and I, I'm not putting up with that. Like, that okay. needs to stop. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, I think that's where you end. That's where you end this, uh, Eddie. Eat with and, and eat it. All right, thanks, Eddie. Appreciate the call, man. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, I would have called to do this a little bit of while. I think on Tuesday, but it really is hard to get up when you've been, you know, enjoying your night for long hours and then having to get up at nine to do this. Not that easy, man. I just want to let you know that. All right, all right, cool. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you, Eddie in Brooklyn there. Let's uh let's go to, to to Patrick in Colorado and then I've got something on this. Uh on this announcement of the women's national teams making an appearance in FIFA sixteen. What's up, uh Patrick? Oh, how are you, Jason? I'm good. I uh I was wa- I was watching that um D C Portland game and I think what the uh it was D C was basically playing a B squad. There was it was it was a pretty thin squad and the only reason DC was in that game is because Bill Hamid had an awesome night, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just wanted to mention that. And I think that game should have been four nothing Portland, but he, he kept them in it. And I, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more minutes from him. Did he get a start? Did he get a start for the national team in Ireland? I can't remember now. Sounds right. I think that sounds right. I think um, wasn't there a camp recently where Guzan was not in it, even though he he could have been a, a European a, Euro, a trip to Europe. I think uh, I think Hamid, Hamid played in that one. I, I don't recall, but he is he is one for the future. I mean, he's going to be the U.S. number one, and it may be sooner rather than later. Patrick. Well, I hope to see uh, some more. He he looked. He reminded me a little bit watching watching the um, the outmanned DC squad. Uh, play Portland's A team reminded me a little bit of watching our guys play Belgium in the quarterfinal or in round of sixteen. <laughs> it was that bad, huh? Um, oh my god! He, really well, yeah, <laughs> he reminded me a little of Tim Howard the way he was saved. Did I lose you, Patrick? See you more on the oh, national shit. team. That's I, all I wanted to say. I appreciate the call, Patrick. Dropping out just a little bit. I'm gonna let him go. We've we've got some more coming in. It's six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. And let me just say this, okay? So, so Trevor's on Twitter right now, making some comments, to, uh, show, throwing up some some gifs, and it's related to the announcement that FIFA 16, EA Sports will include in FIFA 16, women's national teams, 12 of them. I've seen some images, some of the U.S. national team stars uh, doing the whole motion capture thing, you know, doing that stuff up in Vancouver, so they can put, be put into the game. And apparently, this announcement. And, and I always think that these, uh, I, th- I always think that these people are a small segment of greater society. And I sure as hell hope that's the case. But if you're out there in the world right now, in some form of social media, bitching about women being included in FIFA, shut up. Shut up. Stop. You sexist asshole. Stop. I, I don't ever curse on this show, but uh, seriously, stop. There's no, there's legitimately no reason that women shouldn't be in the game. If that offends your delicate sensibilities, keep it to yourself. Don't dump it out there into the world. Don't be toxic with your crap. 
take your insecurities and your chauvinistic idiocy somewhere else. It's not even like it hurts you. Even if you think, oh, women can't play soccer, which is a completely nonsensical attitude, even if that's your attitude, this doesn't hurt you at all. It is, it is just players being included in a game. You know what you do? You pull up the menu and you avoid that part if you want to be that jackass. That's what you do. Good Lord. Let's talk to Landon in Salt Lake City. What's up? Hey, Jason. Hey, uh, I was calling to ask you, well, one first was asked about FIFA, but I just want to make a comment real fast on what you made, what you said about the uh, about women players. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I think back when I was younger growing up, I didn't know much about soccer. But I remember when, when the women won, won the uh, World Cup, that was my very first experience with soccer at all. Yeah, I think so that's I, I think that's why. true, Landon. I think that's true of a lot of people. I think a lot of people sort of woke up to soccer um, in 1999, and then you know, and then you got to yeah. build from there. So go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, just wanted to totally agree with you on that. Um, but a question for you. So um, we all know, obviously, we've talked about this season's been corrupt for decades and decades. What do you think is the reason that they decided to pull the trigger now? Do you think there's anything specific with Russia and Qatar coming up, and why didn't they wait another five years? What do you, What do you think the reason for that is? For that is? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of people want to throw out the conspiracy theory about the timing that this happened two days before Blatter was going to be reelected, that it was meant to have some sort of impact in that way, that it was, uh, that there was something to, you know, and I've seen it, I've seen it like thrown out both ways. One, one way is, oh, this is meant to damage Blatter. But the other way you could view this is, well, it actually gets rid of some, some, uh, elements that will pull down Blatter or that might even go up against him. So blah, blah, blah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask them. They said it's years in the making. I just saw some article that said they were. They only sort of stumbled on FIFA corruption after they were investigating Russian mafia ties or something. So I have to go back and read that to get the full context of that element. But I imagine that you know Chuck Blazer and and his cooperation and maybe certain elements of of what he provided all came together. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know I've only been, you know, been watching soccer for the last few years, but I know public opinion recently has been raised. So I know John Oliver did his big spiel on, on FIFA corruption. And a lot of people I know who don't follow soccer at all saw that and asked him about that after that was true. So, yeah, I've had a couple of people do that same thing. And, and I wonder, I mean, I, it frustrates me as a soccer fan, as a soccer fan, that this is a thing that I have to deal with, not only in my own fandom. And sort of reconciling what FIFA is with how much I love the World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. But also the fact that I now have to explain this to people because this is such big news, even in mainstream American news sources. Now I have to explain to people, first of all, what, you know, what is FIFA and how is it connected to this thing and that thing and CONCACAF and U.S. soccer? And then to explain why, you know, how this impacts the sport and why are these people corrupt? And it's, 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 it's so yeah, frustrating. No. Good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm, you know, the big soccer guy in my work, and no one really asks about soccer at all. And now that, now that corruption is in the news, I'm getting questions all the time. I'm like, I, I wish if I was introducing guys to soccer, it's something else that's not corruption piece. I really wish it was something else. But the other thing that I kind of talked about is, uh, you, you kind of asked, does FIFA ruin the sport for me? Um, I'm mostly an MLS fan, so FIFA honestly isn't humongous to me. I don't hear about right. it a ton yeah. in terms of MLS. Um, I'm kind of getting to Europe a bit, I'm more of the EPL. And it seems to be, you know, FIFA has a much 
much longer reaching impact in the day to day in the EPL. So I get to see if you're a huge European fan, it'd be huge. But to be honest, for MLS, hasn't affected us a ton. You know, it's it's kind of annoying things like we we depend on FIFA for for a lot of the international matches. But I mean, as as corrupt as FIFA is, I'm still pretty happy on the day to day stuff with with MLS. So it doesn't doesn't affect my enjoyment much, but. Um, still great to see this all go down now. Well, that's it. I mean, it's the right attitude, but you know, and I and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to ruin that. I'm sure you know this already, but and we all sort of understand intellectually how these things are connected. But there is, you know, there's some intertwining here. There's FIFA and Concacaf all sort of intertwined with with U.S. soccer. Yeah, and no, MLS. of course. Yeah, and, and that's, that's and I mean, a, anything right. anything make Concacaf better makes me happier than MLS fan, honestly. Right there, you go. I appreciate the call, Landon. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Jason. Yep. Uh, 646-832-3909. Here for a couple more minutes if you got, if, if you got anything. I think our friend from West Virginia wants to call back. I think he's calling back. Is that, is, what, what was it, Zach? I wonder if he gave his real name. That would be hilarious. <laughs> give, give your real name and, and then call in and say that crap. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Fun time. 646-832-3909. <laughs> you know, this this show has, for the most part, avoided some of the, I mean, we I remember, you know, maybe like a year and a half ago, like right when we were starting, maybe we got a couple. I remember the best soccer show used to get some prank calls. But even those were like soccer prank calls for the most part. I don't think we ever got any really idiotic ones that that served that didn't even fit the context of the show i totally want to talk to the guy <laughs> i'm not going to though uh, 646-832-3909 which means that we have an amazing what i'm saying is we have an amazing audience you guys are great you guys are doing a, an excellent job a bang up job if you want to get in with uh with mls thoughts as well some people taking issue with whether or not that was uh, Portland's A team last night that played DC United. Clearly, look, clearly they're working some things in. I mean, Will Johnson returns to the field. You didn't you don't have Diego Valeri starting. You have Maxi Rudy up top. I'm not even sure who's first choice striker in Portland right now. Is it Rudy? Is it Adi? Who is it? You have Espria on the field, Nagby. So, um, no, uh, who am I missing here? Let me look at the bench very quickly because that obviously, <laughs> obviously that's Alvis Powell. That's right. Uh, not Alvis Powell. He's, um, he's in the lineup. I'm talking about, uh, Rodney Wallace who wasn't in the lineup. So that certainly would be a normal first choice player. Paparato and Ridgewell at the back. So not Matt Borchers, uh, Nat Borchers is on the bench. Yeah, so that's definitely not an, a, quite an A team for Portland that went up against DC United. People are blocking their numbers and calling the show. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, Trevor's getting his uh, his money's worth. Trevor's uh, Trevor's earning his money. That's what I meant to say. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. Keep trying, buddy. Go ahead, keep trying. One two three four five six tries. Six. Your life is sad. It's Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning. What the hell are you doing? You'll be playing FIFA right now, as a matter of fact. And as of next year, you can play FIFA with women's national team players. 
which is a good thing. Looking back at this FIFA stuff, again, the, the, the big question for me, and I, I think that not everybody is concerned with the administrative elements. I'm not sure that anybody, that, that some people bother themselves with what FIFA is or what they do and how they impact the game. But the problem is that they are pervasive. They are connected to every international tournament that happens in some way. But certainly the World Cup, which is the biggest of the bunch. Certainly every youth tournament the United States plays in, that's that's called a World Cup. FIFA is there. And I just wonder. Let's go to Andrew. He wants to talk about NYCFC. What's up? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for Um, the call. Couple thoughts. I've kind of been throwing around the idea that we're friends with different people about um, New York City FC actually going. I don't know if it'd be crazy to spend DP money on a center back. I know they're looking at Yewo. It looks like. Are they? I hadn't heard that one. I know. Uh, I yeah, know. I, I know. Gucci's I, out of contract. I mean, that may be a stopgap, but yeah, you certainly need a center back. Yeah, he was on uh, on their Twitter account that he was training with them. Actually, he's. I think he was paid university training with them, so I know probably not till the June transfer window or July transfer window opens, right? They would be able to get them in? Yeah, that, I think that, that would have to be the, the case. I can't remember. There's there's a certain leeway for players who are uh, out of contract, but I don't think they can add him now. I think they have to wait. Right. Yeah, so anyway, so I'm training. thought that was interesting because they definitely need some help there. Uh, I know this talk of guys like Pirlo or something like that coming over. What are your thoughts about getting like a DP Midfielder in as opposed to uh, like a center back or something. I know it's not as flashy as that. Well, I mean, the, right now the ru- all the rumors swirling around NYCFC when it comes to DPS involve um, involve attacking players or deep. Well, not attacking players. Certainly, I don't know. You call Andrea Pirlo an attacking player if you want. I mean, he, he's part of sure. the attack, but but that's Pirlo and and uh, obviously Drogba. And while I think that you know some help for David Villa would be great, you certainly do need to shore up the the, the back line. I don't. I I'm not a fan of spending DP money on a defender, um, mostly because that that usually means spending it on somebody with a name reputation based on past performance. Usually, an older guy. I think that there's some value. There's got to be a, a center back out there you can grab for 200k that won't break the bank, but is still is still an upgrade. I mean. I love Chris Winger, but playing him at center back is not going to cut it. Yeah, it's not helpful at all. So I mean, uh, I, yeah, they, I, 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 I'm just, I'm not on board with the center back DP thing generally. But maybe if, maybe if you're desperate enough and you're and you're NYCFC and you have a slot and the money, sure, why not? Sure. Great man. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate Good the call. Well. There you go. There goes Andrew. Good stuff from him. I think that's uh, about it. We're going to wrap this one up. Thank you very much for checking out Soccer Morning here on a Thursday. Thank you to um, our guest, Jeff Crandall, talking about the U.S. Open Cup. Interesting third-round results. Big fourth round coming up next month. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. It's Hefe, H, I'm sorry, J-E-F-E, Crandall, C-R-A-N-D-A-L-L. And then follow Open Cup on Twitter as well. Make sure you go checking out um, our friend Josh Hakala and his effort over at the Cup.us. Brand new look. Looks fantastic. And their U.S. Open Cup on Twitter. Just follow them both. Just make it easy. Follow them both. Make sure you go get a soccer morning mug. I'm going to send one to Zach in West Virginia. I'm sending one of these to him. 
Uh, get a t-shirt at 3nailfc.com, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Big Friday show. See you then. Bye.